0: Good morning, welcome to those of you who are joining us online and in the fellowship hall today as we work our way through the book of Matthew today we're in chapter 10 and again if you'd like to use the Bible as we're walking through we do have some in the back of each worship space. In chapter 10, Jesus is sending his disciples out with the message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. God's kingdom is breaking in. He's doing something new, something wild, because the Savior, the king of this kingdom, is here. And that means a whole new beginning, a whole new era of our relationship with God. So Jesus sends his disciples to prepare people to receive the good news that he is, that he comes to be for them, for us, for the world. But just how he sends his disciples out tells us a lot about what kind of king he is and what kind of kingdom he's establishing. When I was in college, the king and queen of Norway came to visit our campus, and it was crazy. The bell tower in the center of the campus was power-washed, and even the copper top was polished to gleaming. And the buildings and the cobblestones all power-washed until they were a completely different color than we'd known them to be. The flower beds were replanted with flowers that were blooming. And the week the king and the queen were coming, whole sections of the campus were roped off just to keep them clean. (laughs) Every doorknob on every door on all of the campus shone, all for a 20-minute campus visit. And after all those preparations were made, I'm guessing, for one purpose, to impress the king and queen and, of course, their accompanying press with our school. The visit came and went, with them issuing a statement like, very nice, (laughs) anticlimactic. And the sidewalks, walls, and door handles quickly return to the tarnished normal of daily student life. That's how we prepare for earthly kings. We scrub all the surfaces of our lives to make it look like we don't live with the dirt that other people deal with. Lest some smudged door handle reveal our imperfections. But how does Jesus send his disciples to prepare people to receive his kingdom? He sends his ambassadors directly into their dirt with the authority not only to proclaim his kingdom, but to demonstrate it by immediately acting to heal, cleanse, free, and restore them. What does this teach us? This king comes not to be served, but to serve. This king comes not to demand his peasants build him a kingdom. He comes to build up his kingdom by building up his people through his power, his grace, and his love for us. I mean, let's face it, in most situations for a king to show up while festive in reality just creates a whole lot of work for everyday people. (laughs) doesn't really benefit them except the door handles are cleaner for a while. But in Jesus' day, even more so, all the extra food, labor, time that could have benefited ordinary people are instead funneled into pomp and circumstance. So for most people, if they were honest, the cry, the king is coming, would produce more a tendency to groan than to cheer. But when this king sends his advance team, it's not to cry, the king is coming, so spend all of your savings to polish the bell tower. Instead, their cry is, the kingdom is near, be restored. Jesus sends his authority to power wash their sickness away, to throw out the evil opposition that's holding them back, because this king comes not to burden, but to bless It's Jesus' power that eliminates the accumulated grime of bitterness that stopped up the ears and the hearts of those who'd given up looking for the Lord to be at work in their lives. But now he's got their attention because the kingdom of heaven has come near. And this king isn't just visiting for a nice goodwill tour. He's coming to infiltrate every heart. He comes to make each one of us part of his kingdom because a kingdom is where a king rules and this kingdom is not geographical it's relational it's personal it's eternal this king has come to expand the territory of his eternal kingdom to include you by claiming lordship over the territory of your life to make you part of his movement of saving grace And what better way to introduce the heart of this kingdom than with personal actions that are life-changing for those who receive them. And you might remember, we've already seen Jesus do this himself when he first started out his ministry in Matthew, proclaiming the kingdom in the synagogues and healing people, showing what his kingdom is about. And now by chapter 10, he's sending out his disciples to do the same. Up until this point in Matthew, the disciples have watched what Jesus has done. And then they were invited to help Jesus do what he does. And now he's sending them out in his power to use his authority to do as he does. That's a totally standard training technique Jesus is using. But it's important that we notice how Jesus' kingdom works. Jesus' kingdom expands by putting his power to work through everyday people like us. People who are familiar with the dirt of real life and with other people who are as well. We're empowered to be agents of King Jesus' surprising presence, healing love, and grace wherever we are, so he can use us to be tending the soil of every new heart we meet until they also may become part of the eternal kingdom territory of this inbreaking kingdom of his love. So what does this passage teach us about our discipleship to Jesus today? Well, as we've been walking through Matthew this summer, we've been encouraging you through the reading guide to use the ABCs of Matthew to first ask, what is this story about? And then, what am I asked to believe? And then finally, how does this challenge me to respond? So looking at chapter 10 today, it's very clear what this chapter is about. Jesus is sending his disciples into the world, equipping them with power not only to proclaim Jesus' kingdom, but also to show it. And what it's calling us to believe is that Jesus, our king, cares about every aspect of our lives, all of those things that hurt and wound us and separate us from God and each other. And his kingdom brings restoration, not just now, but eternally by his power at work in us and that he empowers his people to be instruments of that kingdom blessing in the world. So knowing we are also disciples of this same Jesus, our prayer today as we engage this text is to look at the challenge that he's given us. To ask the question, Lord, what kingdom mission are you sending me on in my context? What are you empowering me to do And how do you want people to know and experience your kingdom love today through me? So where do we start? In Matthew 10, verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Now, some of the most powerful faith moments Jesus gives us are with and for Gentiles and Samaritans. So why does Jesus tell his disciples not to go to them, but to start with the lost sheep of Israel? Well, I think it actually has a lot to do with Jesus' instructions at the end of chapter 9, when he asks us to pray for workers for the harvest. Because at this point, the people who are most equipped... To immediately help stepping into working the spiritual fields for harvest would be the ones who are already waiting for the Messiah and were hungry to hear that he had come. Jesus is the answer to their prayers. So he calls his disciples to start with them. They're ready to receive the good news you're bringing. Start here and invite them, equip them, deploy them as fellow workers. So that when the day comes that Jesus, by his resurrection, shows that he came to be Savior for all people, those who already know the full story of the promise Jesus came to fulfill will be ready to take the message of this new kingdom to the Gentiles and the Samaritans, as well as their own neighbors. So what does that mean for you and me in our discipleship as Jesus' people today? Where do we start with our mission Well, we also start with those who are already hungry for the things of God. Our calling as a church is to be a place that multiplies the workers. We gather to grow together, to worship, to learn, to practice, to pray, to help each other grow in knowing King Jesus and what he's about. We gather to be equipped to be sent out as Jesus' kingdom ambassadors, sent directly into people's dirt (laughs) with the good news of our Savior's redeeming love that meets them right where they are. But this calling starts by each of us first knowing what Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection to new life means for us And for the world, that we have been invited to share his life forever, saved by his grace, empowered by his love, right here and now. And from there, our harvest mission spreads first to those who know us and who know our story best. Our kids, our parents, our friends, our siblings. Because it's through our story with Jesus that they'll come to know how personal his love is also for them. We start with those in our church family to raise up and equip the next next generations to know Jesus and what he came to do for them so they in turn can share that kingdom news with the generations to come. And that mission must start here because the truth is, if we don't do this, no one will. And there are many good things that people can do that bless the world. But this mission is uniquely ours and ours alone. To pass on the eternal hope Jesus has given us to the next generation. And our Say Yes wall right outside the door is filled with ministry needs that are this kind of calling. About equipping the church to be built up and knowing our king. To help others grow and knowing the kingdom we're of. So that workers may be sent out to those who don't yet know. So are there things, are there people that Jesus is calling you to invest in? Who can you come alongside to empower and to grow in their discipleship to Jesus? Here's where we start to live out who we are as Jesus' kingdom people. And then when we're sent... What does Jesus send us to proclaim and teach about his kingdom? How do we show the world what Jesus is about? Well, let's take a look at what Jesus told his disciples to do in Matthew 10, 7 through 8. Jesus says, As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Demons. Oh, is that all? <laughs> Don't check out. Come on back. Come on back. <laughs> For us to understand this, we have to back up to Matthew 10 verse 1 to see what Jesus did before he asked this of the disciples. In Matthew 10 1, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These disciples are in specific orders from the king to accomplish this kingdom purpose. And as such, they are given his authority for this mission. So what does this tell us? What Jesus calls us to do, he will also give us the power to do. Can Jesus give you the authority to do these kind of miracles today? Of course he can But we know Jesus didn't give authority to all his people at all times to raise everyone who died. We know that because if he did, the church would have raised up Peter and James and Stephen and all of those martyrs. Because can you imagine anyone would say, well, I could raise him back to life, but nah, I'll just let my kid go. (laughs) Nobody would do that. So clearly, authority for miracles is given for specific kingdom purposes. And we know that because people were raised back to life in Jesus' name. Peter raised Tabitha, Paul raised Eutychus in the book of Acts, and we know those stories. And healing. We know the apostle Paul was given the power to heal many people, but he himself had a thorn in the flesh that was never healed, about which Jesus told him, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness." So Jesus can use his people to do these kind of miracles, and sometimes does, to show God's heart to the world. But lest we lose sight of what this kingdom is about, the goal of this kingdom is not to escape death or suffering. It's to know that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, that we matter to the King of Heaven so much that he would lay down his life to make us part of his own eternal life. And it's to live life with Jesus, starting right here and now, letting our lives be the place where He reigns, outposts of His kingdom here, and witnesses to His love. You see, miracles always point to Jesus' kingdom, they help people understand what the kingdom of heaven is like and what it will be like. They give us a glimpse, a taste. Of the kingdom of heaven, which is why when Jesus sends his disciples to proclaim the kingdom of heaven has come near, he also sends them with the power to show the world what that kingdom looks like, to show them in God's presence, death is swallowed up by life. There is no longer any disease or suffering or crying or pain that nothing, not death, not suffering, not even the power of the evil one can ever separate us from God or from each other in this kingdom. And the kingdom has come near. Which kingdom? This one. Miracles are meant to show people they can trust God's heart is for their good. So if you're wondering, does Jesus want me to cooperate with him to do something miraculous? know that it's always okay to ask (laughs) because the Lord loves it when we trust him enough to ask if there's more he wants to do in us. The Lord loves a humble heart and disciples are all student learners and learning and growing involves being willing to be open to the things the Lord might want to do through us. But remember, in Jesus' ministry, every time the miracles became the focus, when people started demanding miracles to believe, Jesus walked away. Miracles are not the point. They are the signposts that direct people to see the one who came to save, restore, redeem, resurrect for eternal life with him. And it's funny how often we can be distracted by the shiny things and forget what they're supposed to point us toward, what really matters. So what really matters? (laughs) What do the things that Jesus call his disciples to say and do show about what kind of king he is and what his kingdom looks like? I think whether Jesus gives us the supernatural ability to do these things as we proclaim the kingdom or whether he simply calls us to bear witness to his love by our earthly actions, what can we learn about our kingdom mission from this sending today? First, proclaim the kingdom has come near. Does your life show people this kingdom has come near to them, right where they are? That this King Jesus comes not to burden, but to bless? Second, heal the sick. Are we known to be people of healing for others around us in our words and in our actions? After spending time in your presence, do people feel better than they did before? Do we show the compassionate heart of Jesus? And third, cleanse the leper. When a leper is cleansed, one in isolation is restored to community. Are there isolated people you know of that you can bless by intentionally meeting them where they are with Jesus' love? Raising the dead. Jesus promises he will do this for all who believe in him, to share in his life forever. And as people who have this hope, how can we help others know it too? And then finally, driving out demons. Jesus knows the enemy of our souls uses many methods to convince us that we are too far gone for Jesus to reach or set us free. But Jesus died and rose to break off the power of any claims of the evil one over us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So how can we show those who are oppressed by the enemy of their souls that King Jesus is greater And that he is for their freedom. Perfect love casts out fear. And Jesus is perfect love. How do we show what king we serve and what kingdom we're of in how we heal, raise up, cleanse, free and restore people in any of the ways we are given? Even as I consider how these supernatural tasks translate to their earthly expressions, it strikes me that even so, they're all still pretty intense. (laughs) We still need the power of the Holy Spirit to fill us with Jesus' power and grace to do even these more natural versions of faith in action. But maybe the Lord waits to see us walk with him first in these natural expressions— before he will empower us in the supernatural. But I have to confess, it's what comes next in this text that actually challenges me the most. Verses 9 and 10 and 19 through 20. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Now, I bet you're saying, really, Angie, the choices are raise the dead and heal the sick, or don't pack or plan for your trip. And that's the one you find challenging? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Because I know if the Lord wants to use me to do one of those supernatural things, he will give the power for me to do it. I believe that. But here Jesus is saying, I know you, beloved. You are going to be tempted to put all of your faith in how prepared you feel you are to accomplish this mission on what you've done. Don't. Do you have enough money, the right bag? Do you know what you'll say? If having the right answers to those kind of questions are what you put your focus on, you will never take a step to follow me. The only thing that needs preparing to live this mission in the world is your willingness to listen to me. Because the truth is, no matter what you prepare for, The person that you meet will probably not need the thing that you've prepared to give them. You can't prepare to be the fulfiller of all needs, but I am. So what I'm asking is that you be present with people and present with me because that's when I'll show you what I will do. That's when you'll receive my instructions, my authority for what I would have you do in this moment. So don't worry about the money, the bags, the words. Be with them. Be with me. Because this only works as a trust walk. So walk with me. Oof, (laughs) that's a challenge with a capital C, right? I'm a planner. I love to make contingency plans for every eventuality. I love to be prepared. And there's nothing wrong with that until it becomes the place where I put my trust. But the only equipping for this mission with people in the world is being sent knowing the heart of the Savior you're following and trusting he will do what he says he'll do, that he will give you what you need as you're present with him following where he leads. Jesus is saying, here's your secret weapon, beloved. As you go, go vulnerable. Trust me. That will speak so much more to the world about who I am to you than all the outward surfaces you tidy up and put in order and all the smudges you remove. Be the student learner, the disciple you are. And as you walk, as you stumble, as you learn, as you grow, know that I am enough. I will always be enough for you. Do you think this mission is too much for you? It is. (laughs) That's the point. It's Jesus' mission. You're just here to introduce the king. So we're going to take a moment now and practice listening. To sit with Jesus' words. And to let the Holy Spirit lead you to whatever it is that you need to hear from the Lord today. Or to give you space in your heart to silently say to him what you need to say. To confess your fears, your insecurities that get in the way. To invite him to remind you that you are his. So Lord, please show each one of us what we need to hear from you today. And about how you want to be at work in us. Let's just take... A few moments of silence. Lord Jesus, we have no savior, no hope, no king but you. And you found us in our dirt. And you claimed us. And you loved us. And you called us. You paid the price to set us free, to make us part of your kingdom forever. So help us today to live as people of your kingdom where we are, in our words and in our actions. So your love may shine in us and we might be outposts of your kingdom right here on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.